Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good morning, one-on-one. With frustrations mounting in Washington at a virtual standstill, our exclusive interview with Vice President Kamala Harris taking on Republicans and members of her own party in the heated battle over voting rights. I don't think anyone should be absolved from the responsibility of preserving and protecting our democracy. And responding to critics of the Biden administration's handling of the pandemic and the economy. This morning, the wide-ranging conversation, including what she saying about the 2024 race. COVID struggles, hospitals and schools dealing with surging cases and staffing shortages. So what's being done to help the frontline workers and keep kids in the classroom? We'll take you inside the new plan amid Omicron's rapid spread. Hitting where it hurts, inflation soars to a 40-year high with prices surging on everything from food to gas to clothing. Straight ahead, the new shortages driving costs even higher and what it all means for your bottom line. On alert, millions bracing for the next major winter storm, a mess of snow and ice set to sweep through the Midwest, South and East Coast, along with another round of bone-chilling temperatures. Al's got the latest on the timing, the track and the impact on the holiday weekend. All that plus placing blame, a new lawsuit tied to the Alec Baldwin movie set shooting. What the woman in charge of guns and ammo is now saying about how those real bullets made their way to the set and what she claims the star actor failed to do. And legend lost tributes pouring in for 60s music icon Ronnie Spector. We'll remember her impact, her influence, and her many hits today, Thursday, January 13th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. It's good to see you. We're so happy that you're joining us on this Thursday morning. Savannah is back tomorrow. Craig just took a trip to D.C. at a big interview yesterday. Quick trip, my friend. Uh Thank you so much. Uh, That's right. We sat down and and covered a lot of ground, actually, touching on everything from the fight and push, the push back over voting rights bill, that voting rights bill. Also, we looked ahead to the next presidential election as well amid some speculation on the Democratic ticket that it might not look the same as it did in 2020. But, of course, we started with a pandemic. The vice president sharing her take on the current state of COVID in the United States and new criticism. That's been leveled at the White House. As we sit here this week, we saw a record number of hospitalizations, adults and children. Uh, We've seen the infection record broken. I think a lot of people are are scratching their heads and they're wondering, one year into this administration, why, why aren't we doing better in the fight against COVID? So let me start with saying that people are rightly frustrated with where we are. We're frustrated. We're all frustrated. But I think it's a mistake, and it would be a mistake to suggest that we've not seen great progress. If you think back to March of 2020, 
We were all wiping down the boxes that we got if we order things online. Uh, there was no vaccine. Now we have a vaccine, which has proved to be effective, and boosters. Now we have our children back in school. 95% of schools are back open. But we're, we're, we're building back up, we're opening back up, and we are not where we were a year ago. Let's talk about masks for a second. It's been several weeks now since public health experts have acknowledged that cloth masks, surgical masks, they're not as effective in, in terms of stopping this new variant, Omicron. Should, should Americans be wearing KN95 masks or N95 masks? Well, the CDC is going to be providing us with those guidelines. But, but what, what's taking so long? Well, the CDC is making their decisions. I don't make the CDC's decisions. But what I will say is what, what has been clear about the masks is you want to wear a tight-fitting mask. That is clear. And we want to urge everybody to do that. In terms of the N95 masks, they are available. There is a stockpile of, of I believe, over 700 million of those masks, so the supply is there as necessary and as needed. At what point does the administration say, you know what, the strategy isn't working, we're gonna change strategies? Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. And so right now we know we still have a number of people that, that is in the millions of Americans who have not been vaccinated and could be vaccinated and we are urging them to get vaccinated because it will save their life. At, at what point does but, the administration acknowledge these people aren't going to get the shot? They're just not going to do it. I don't believe in giving up on people, Craig. I really don't. The 500 million tests that have been ordered that are going to be sent to every, every American, do we know when those are going out? Shortly. They're going to go out shortly. Next they've been or? ordered. They've been ordered. We, I have to look at the current information. I think it's going to be by next week. But soon. Absolutely soon. And it is a matter of urgency for us. Should we have done that sooner? We are doing it. But should we have done it sooner? We are doing it. Let's turn the voting rights here for a moment. Um, you were there in Atlanta with the president yeah. um, when he uh, compared those who oppose uh, Democratic-backed voting bills that are currently in the Senate. He compared the folks who oppose those to folks who oppose civil rights. Senator Romney, in response yesterday, he took to the floor of the Senate and he said, quote, so much for unifying the country. When, when the president was on the campaign trail in the fall of 2020, he said something. He said, with Trump out of the way, the vindictiveness of a president going after Republicans who don't do exactly what he says gets taken away. Isn't that exactly what, what President Biden did in Atlanta on Wednesday? President Biden took the, I believe, right and courageous step to say that Senate rules should not get in the way of protecting the American people's access to the ballot. And he compared this time to a previous time in our history, which is apt for comparison. It's not just Republican opposition. It, it would seem as if this piece of legislation is going to come down to one or two uh, moderate Democrats. In months and weeks, the administration hasn't been able to convince one or two senators to come around. How are you going to do that in two or three days? If I may, I'd like to contextualize this conversation. 
Sure. Which is, in 2006, in this very town of Washington, D.C., up the street at the United States Capitol, in the United States Senate, 98 of the 100 members of the United States Senate voted in favor of an extension of the Voting Rights Act. It was not a partisan issue. It was an American issue. But Madam Vice President, how are you going to get it done? Well, well, when we have the discussion about who's responsible, I will not absolve the 50 Republicans in the United States Senate from responsibility for upholding one of the most basic and important tenets of our democracy, which is free and fair elections and access to the ballot for all eligible voters. What about Senator Manchin? What about Senator Sinema? I don't think anyone should be absolved from the responsibility of preserving and protecting our democracy, especially when they took an oath to protect and defend our Constitution. Why has the administration not been able to get Senate Democrats on board? We are not giving up. No, but the question was, why, why has it taken but this But you're long? acting as though it's over. Well, I mean, you've, you've It's been, not over. So it's going to happen by Monday? I'm saying it's not over, and we don't give up. We don't give up, and we will not give up. Are we going to, uh, to see the same Democratic ticket in 2024? I'm sorry, we are thinking about today. I mean, honestly, I, I, I know why you're asking the question, because this is the part of the punditry and the, right. the gossip around places like Washington, D.C. Let me just tell you something. We're focused on the things in front of us. We're focused on what we need to do to, to address issues like affordable child care, what we need to do to ensure So there, there have been that, no conversations that, about 2024? Uh, the American people sent us here to do a job. And right now there's a lot of work to be done, and that's my focus. It sounds Sincerely. like you're at least familiar with some of the punditry. I don't know if you've heard that there have been some, there's been some talk about a, a, a Biden-Cheney ticket perhaps in 2024. Did you read that article? I did not. I'm, I, no, I did not. And I really could care less about the high-class gossip on these issues. Hmm. She had a lot to say. The other thing that I thought was interesting, a lot of interesting things, but a lot of people are at home waiting for those rapid tests, and she sure. said in a week they might be out to everybody. That's what the vice president yeah. said. Yeah. Uh, now, the reality is we've spoken to a number of companies that actually manufacture these yeah. tests. They have led NBC News to believe that would be a lofty goal. Oh, okay. it, is, it is going to take some time okay. to manufacture some 500 million tests, especially when you look at the empty store shelves right now. Yeah. You've seen the long lines of folks who are waiting for tests, so it mm -hmm. remains to be seen, but mm -hmm. apparently the tests are on order. Mm -hmm. uh, we will have much more of our exclusive conversation with Vice President Harris later this morning on the third hour. Her message to critics who say the administration should have been more prepared for Omicron's rapid rise in the wake of the Delta surge. All right, now let's focus more on that promise mentioned by the vice president to ramp up COVID testing supplies. Many health and school officials saying it is critical to help kids stay in the classroom amid new outbreaks and staffing shortages. NBC Stephanie Goss joins us with more on that piece of the puzzle. Hey, Stephanie, good morning. Hey, Lahota, good morning. Yeah, that new supply will be critical to keeping kids in the classroom. Despite the really good news that Omicron is not as serious as Delta, it is still a struggle keeping those kids in class. Millions of free COVID tests will soon be headed to schools nationwide. The White House promising a monthly stream of 5 million rapid tests and 5 million PCR tests to K-12 schools in states that apply for them. The first shipments are expected to arrive as early as this month. How important is testing for keeping your schools open safely? It is vital. I think it's next to vaccines and the boosters 
It's the only way that we can continue to keep our teachers and our students safe. The new testing push comes as schools struggle to stay open amid Omicron surge. Austin school superintendent says she started deploying administrative staff with teaching experience as substitutes just to keep class going. Even if it isn't as perfect as it would have been with our great teachers, we know that it's better than our students not having that support. Hospitals are struggling too. At an ICU on the Cleveland Clinic's main campus, 5% of the staff is out sick. The National Guard now helping to clean, test, and deliver meals. The reality is that we have an overwhelming number of COVID patients that are occupying our ICUs, that our emergency rooms are overcrowded, that our teams are exhausted. The good news, a new study out of Southern California finds Omicron is far less likely to cause severe illness or death compared to the Delta variant. But that doesn't mean the public should let its guard down. The White House says it's considering ways to increase the availability of higher quality masks. And the CDC has said it's going to update its guidance on masks. The agency's director reiterating any face covering is better than none at all. The best mask that you can that you wear is the one that you will wear and the one you can keep on all day long that you can tolerate in public indoor settings. There's an update on the school system in Chicago. Last night, the union voted for an agreement that includes new safety measures, including new testing to get those kids back into class. They were in class yesterday after school had been canceled entirely for five days, Hoda. All right, Stephanie Gosk for us. Uh, Stephanie, thank you. All right, with Savannah off mm -hmm. this morning, back tomorrow. Tom Yamas joining us. What's up, Tom? Hey, guys, how you doing? All right. Yeah, so, you know, since the pandemic, it's been such a major factor of the last years. It's something we can all relate to, paying more for just about everything. The latest consumer price index showing inflation rose at the highest rate in nearly four decades. NBC's Tom Costello is in Washington with a closer look at what that means for all of us. Tom, good morning. Yeah, Tom, you know, we've been talking about this issue for about inflation for months now, and the latest figures show consumers are, in fact, paying the price, much of it driven by the pandemic. Those increases have also hit hard at the grocery store. Have you tried to buy chicken lately, beef, produce? Chances are you're having a hard time finding everything on your shopping list. Just a quick glance at your bank account shows the situation. From the food in the grocery aisles to the gas in your gas tank, even the roofs over our heads, prices across the board continue to climb. I've noticed that prices have increased for some basics and gas. The consumer price index shows inflation reached 7% last year, the fastest pace since 1982. Among the items with the biggest sticker shock, used vehicles, up more than 37%, with the average price for a used car topping $29,000 late last year. And despite a dip at the end of the year, a gallon of gas still up $1.24 from a year before. Supermarket staples have also seen prices soar. A gallon of milk increasing 20 cents in a year. A carton of eggs up more than 30 cents. And a pound of ground beef up nearly 60 cents. We're going to pay more for everything because of the grains that feed the cows, uh, the packaging where we put the soda in. I mean, just about everything is going through the roof. Adding insult to injury, the combo of COVID, staff shortages, winter weather, and a stretched supply chain have all led to shortages on the shelves at grocery stores nationwide. Roughly 15% of items out of stock compared to 5 to 10% in a typical year. We are experiencing shortages. Um, and a lot of that is is tied back to labor and uh, how we're experiencing.
seeing our own issues with the Omicron variant. The food industry trade group says some stores and food manufacturers have up to 40% of staff out sick with COVID. One silver lining, experts point out that while inflation is up annually, month to month, it's actually slowing down. As products become more available, whether they're computer chips or potato chips, that will bring down prices probably in the second half of the year in a much more noticeable fashion. All right, I know what you're asking. When will our store shelves start to get back to normal? Well, the grocery industry itself is saying it's hopeful that they will see improvement in the second half of the year, you guys, mm. when suddenly these shortages start to uh, get better, if you will. One important way we can all help with that, it may be tempting, but they say, please don't hoard items. Try to plan your meals, buy only what you need. If you stock up, you could actually make things worse and then your neighbor won't be able to get the chicken or the bread or the produce or whatever. Guys, back to you. Yeah, that's when you start lending away the pork chops. All right, yeah. Tom Costello, thanks so much for that. We got 16 right. minutes after the hour, Al. Big storm yeah. headed always, it seems like. Everyone's well, going everywhere. Big problem with the yeah. supply chain yeah. has been the weather. Uh -huh. And basically keeping trucks off the roads or slowing them down. We've got winter weather advisory storm watches, winter storm warnings now stretching from the Dakotas all the way down into the Midwest. We're looking at this late Friday storm coming out. Clippers. System. Alberta Clipper coming out of Canada, snow from the plains to the Midwest. Now, what we're looking at, what we know right now, we can expect to see isolated amounts of 12 inches of snow, but generally four to eight inches of snow from Iowa up into Minnesota. Saturday, the storm dives down into the Gulf Coast, picking up a lot of moisture and then bringing snow to the north, but a big, significant ice storm for the southeastern Atlantic coast. A cold northeast high. We're bringing this freezing temperatures, pushing down. And with all this moisture, what's going to happen, we're going to see this rain falling through cold air, freezing as it hits the surface. This ice is going to be significant from Atlanta up into the, uh, the Carolinas. We're talking power outages, big problems. The roads will be a mess, as will the airports. Now, what we're watching Monday, low pressure tracking west of the I-95 corridor. So for the coast, snow changing to rain. It's going to be windy. But inland, very heavy snow. We're looking at snowfall amounts that will be heavy heavy from interior New England all the way down the spine of the Appalachians. However, we also have some models that bring this a little further to the east, and that would shift the heavy snow closer to the coast. We're going to continue to track it and watch it for you. And that's your latest weather. Guys? All right, Al, thank you. Uh, just ahead, it's a big mystery that surrounds that fatal shooting on the set of Alec Baldwin's movie. How did live ammunition get there in the first place? Well, what the woman in charge of the guns is now saying in a new lawsuit and why she believes the tragedy could have been prevented. Also had this morning as Omicron surges, the scramble to find at-home COVID test, tests and better quality masks when demand is far outpacing supply across the country. Kerry Sanders is going to take an inside look this morning. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching 
searching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm one of these less contentious reporters who can convince yeah, you to stick around and talk with me yeah, because I'm get, so easy. Gotta, I know what one candidate said about you. Blame it on Katie Couric. <laughs> oh, there you go. Back with another memorable Today Show Classic. moment. This is our eve of our 70th anniversary. That one, of course, 1992. Katie was just interviewing First Lady Barbara Bush at the White House. And then President Bush wandered in. And then she just said, hey, will you stick around for about 30 seconds? Well, you know how long he stayed? 20 minutes. Of course. The yeah. Katie Couric magic yeah. took yeah. over, and he could not leave. It was hard to say no to Katie Couric then. It's hard yeah. to say no to Katie Couric now. Well, we're going to share one more iconic moment with you just a little bit later. You don't want to miss what we have planned. We're marking our big anniversary tomorrow. We're turning 70. We look good mm. for 70. I'd say so. Yeah. Right now, though, let's get to your 730 headlines. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy says he will not cooperate with the House Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. McCarthy says the investigation is not legitimate, and he accuses the panel of abuse of power. The committee is seeking information about McCarthy's conversations with former President Donald Trump before, during, and after last year's riot. The California Republican says the panel's only objective is to try to damage its political opponents. Federal investigators say a medical helicopter that crashed near Philadelphia uh, on Tuesday went down as the result of an accident. The NTSB says a preliminary report is expected in the next couple weeks. The helicopter was transporting an infant to a hospital. It crashed near a church. The pilot suffered serious injuries, but thankfully none of the other three passengers, including the child, were hurt. There's new video. It kind of shows uh, the moment the chopper went down. It happened to miss all of those power lines. The wreckage has, has been moved to a storage facility so investigators can examine it more closely. All right, now to the latest on Novak Djokovic. The world's top-ranked men's tennis player was included in today's draw for the Australian Open, despite the possibility that he could still be deported from the country. He's scheduled to face fellow Serb Miomir Kishmanovic in the opening round. Djokovic had his visa canceled when he arrived in Melbourne last week after his vaccination exemption was questioned, but he won a legal battle that allowed him to stay in the country at least temporarily. That saga continues. Yeah, every day. Yeah. New twist. Uh, right now, there are a lot more to get to, including some new developments tied to the fatal shooting on the set of Alec Baldwin's movie, Rust. Yeah, attorneys for the woman in charge of guns for the film have now filed a lawsuit against the prop shop that supplied guns and ammo for the production. Yeah, this comes as Baldwin pushes back on claims he's not cooperating with the investigation. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer has been following that story from the beginning. Miguel, good morning. Hey guys, good morning. Almost three months after that deadly shooting on the set of Alec Baldwin's new movie, law enforcement has yet to file any charges. But attorneys for Hannah Gutierrez-Reed now say the deadly misfire may have been prevented had their client been able to personally hand the gun to Baldwin. 
In a new lawsuit, attorneys for 24-year-old rust armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed say they now know how live rounds got on the Western set. The complaint against PDQ Armin Prop, owned by Seth Kenny, alleges the company supplied the production with real bullets. The ammunition boxes failed to state a material fact. The contents contained both dummy and live ammunition, which were deceptively sold. The facts are a live round or multiple live rounds ended up in a box labeled as dummies. The court documents also provide the first detailed account of what Gutierrez-Reed says she did in the hours leading up to the shooting that killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins, saying Gutierrez-Reed last checked that the bullets she loaded and took from a box labeled dummy rounds were not live 15 minutes before the shooting, but she was not inside the church when the firearm went off and would never have let Baldwin point the weapon at Helena. The documents also say Baldwin did not respond to Hannah's request on October 15th to schedule cross-draw training. Baldwin has said he spent an hour and a half in safety instruction with Gutierrez-Reed. But one weapons expert who reviewed the complaint tells NBC News based on how the weapon was handled, both producers and Gutierrez-Reed may bear some responsibility. Still, her attorneys further shift blame away from their client, writing, Hannah relied upon and trusted that the prop house would only supply dummy prop ammunition or blanks, and described the set as a rushed and chaotic atmosphere that created a perfect storm for a safety incident. Had two people accidentally shot on a movie set. The filing says officers later found seven live rounds in the ammo box. The lawyer for Seth Kenny, the guns and ammunition provider, did not want to comment on the lawsuit. It all comes days after Alec Baldwin took to social media to defend himself after citing family privacy concerns for not yet turning over his cell phone to law enforcement who obtained a search warrant. Any suggestion that I am not complying with requests or orders or demands or search warrants about my phone, that's bull****. That's a lie. This morning, a deadly shooting where no one accepts blame. Miguel, uh, that lawsuit also seems to reveal there was some new communication that was directly between Hannah Gutierrez-Reed and the prop ammo owner that's being sued. So what do you know about that conversation? Well, that's right, Hoda. The suit alleges the defendant, Seth Kenny, texted Hannah in an attempt to dissuade her from involving him in this altogether and instead, and instead cooperate with police to, quote, implicate the assistant director as the person being responsible for this tragedy. Hoda. All right, Miguel Almaguer for us. Miguel, thank you. Up next here on Thursday morning, Carrie Sanders taking us inside the race to keep up with the relentless and urgent demand for COVID tests and the struggle that millions are now having finding them and those higher quality masks as well. That's right after this. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Join Hoda Kotfi for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. 
For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We're back at 740 with more on a major focus of our exclusive conversation with Vice President Kamala Harris. The Biden administration's promise to increase COVID testing nationwide and to distribute 100 million at-home tests to America. Which leads us to a key question this morning. Are there enough of those kits to go around? NBC's Carrie Sanders has been looking into that for us. And Carrie, we see all those people hard at work yeah. behind you. Yeah, good morning. You know, that frenetic activity is to get these COVID tests out because right now, as you noted, there is a much greater demand than there is a supply. And on Saturday, insurance companies will be obligated to start paying for up to eight tests a month if, and it's a big if, if you can find them. At this Miami-Dade factory, 450 employees working around the clock, trying to keep up with the unprecedented demand for home COVID test kits. So we're just at about a million kits per day, and which is one of the- That's still not enough? That's still not enough. So what does that tell us about the demand out there? You know, with the new variants and the new viruses, the demand is just packed up. It's, we just can't make enough. The largest manufacturer in the country, Abbott Laboratories, producing 70 million tests a month. And that's still not enough. The ongo antigen test here, one of 15 home tests authorized by the FDA. Is there a good reason to be fearful that there's not enough test kits? Uh, we're working around the clock to make sure that everybody that wants to get tested, get tested immediately. But in many stores, shelves are empty. If you are able to score a self-test, be prepared to pay. Two weeks ago, prices were $7, now up to $25. And on eBay, they're going for as much as 80 bucks each. But it's those do-it-yourself tests that are the fastest and easiest way to find out if you're infected. Critical experts say to slowing the spread. So if you test regularly and if you detect it, you are going to be safer, your family is going to be safer, your community is going to be safer. OnGo takes the results one step further. A snapshot of the results are uploaded anonymously to the cloud, allowing artificial intelligence to track geographic COVID clusters. So you can look at a town, say Sudbury, Massachusetts, and if you see a large cluster there, you can predict what's going to happen. Many of them take a snapshot at the same time, and we start seeing how it grows. This all comes as the CDC now says some masks we've been using are ineffective against Omicron. Cloth masks like this and these paper masks are really not effective, and we need to wear these N95s. How do you put it on? Okay, so you want to hold it in your hand. You actually want to put it onto your nose. Take your first strap and put it right on the top. And you want to take the bottom strap. Right. And you want to go all the way. You want to go under the ears. You never want to crisscross. Okay, now take your two fingers and you want to create a nice seal with that thing. 
Remember when the pandemic began two years ago? Americans were discouraged from using those high-quality masks because they were in short supply, and doctors and nurses needed them most. It does feel like, from a health standpoint, we are constantly moving the goalpost. We're not moving the goalpost. It's that this virus is literally outpacing us and out-tricking us and outwitting us in terms of how long it's lasting. So while it may be uh, difficult to find these right now, masks like this, the N95 is very easy to find. As a matter of fact, right here in this warehouse, way back there, those boxes, they have 200 million of these N95 masks. So no shortage of those, but trying to find these right mm -hmm. now, it's a, real, it's a real challenge, guys. Carrie, Carrie, do us a big favor. Can you please send a big thank you from all of <laughs> yes. us to all those people hard at work there in Miami? We really do appreciate it. Thank Working you. around the clock, yeah. shift after shift after shift. There's there's something that makes you feel so good seeing yeah. that that yep. effort right yeah. there behind. Carrie, thank you so much. All right, we got 744. Mr. Roker, check of the weather. And it's happening here in America. Let's show you what we've got as far as our temperatures. Nice warm-up happening in the plains down into the southeast. And, in fact, it's spreading all the way into the east. Boston today, 41 degrees, 39 in Syracuse. Four degrees warmer than average in Lexington. Kansas City is going to be 14 degrees warmer at 53 degrees. But, uh-oh, got another Arctic chill coming in by Friday. Watertown dropping. They're 19 degrees below average at 12. Lansing, Michigan, 10 degrees cooler than average at 21. Chicago's going to be 30. And then as we move into Saturday morning, look at these wind chills. Feeling like 10 below in, in Buffalo, 15 below in Boston, 11 degrees in Indianapolis. And this cold air is going to be hanging in there, unfortunately, right on into Saturday. Sunday, it stays chilly. And then finally, we hope to see a little bit of a warm-up as we get into the middle of next week. And that's your latest weather. Hold it. All right, Al, thank you. Uh, coming up next, guys, we'll remember the life, legacy, and just life of music icon and 60s uh, singer Ronnie Spector. We'll have that right after this. Welcome back to today. Ms. Carson joins us. Yeah, it was so sad to hear the passing of Ronnie Spector after a brief battle with cancer. She found fame as the lead singer of the Ronettes, one of the most popular groups, girl groups in that era of the 1960s. Went on to a very successful solo career. Really changed yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Her music puts you in a good mood. Yeah. I mean, that voice yeah. is great. Classic yeah. voice. Uh -huh. They only had one album. Yeah. You know, wow. they, really but they had five top 40 hits off that album. It was a big album. Wow. In the 60s, wow. the girl group era, yeah. uh, Ronnie used to say, you know, all the girl groups would have the big skirts and the yeah. Ronettes would come out. Jeez, <laughs> we would get in the tightest stuff. And, uh, they, and they loved it. So cool. that's a that's a big loss uh -huh. there. Guys, coming up on Popstar, we've got some more uh, commercials from the Super Bowl coming up. That craze, of course, is very popular. We'll have the first look at a star-studded event you're going to see at the playoffs this weekend. Oh, all right, well, there you go. We'll have that for you coming up. Bradshaw. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.